You're listening to Funding the Dream, a Game Whisperer podcast for Kickstarters. I'm Richard Bliss, the Game Whisperer, your host. Thank you for joining me. Today we have as our special guest Howard Taylor, the creator of Schlock Mercenary and the recent uh, creative behind a Kickstarter project called Schlock Mercenary, the board game. Howard, thanks for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me, Richard. This is a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. You and I have known each other for quite a few years, and this has been, uh, been a interesting development of your Schlock uh, brand into the board game area. For the listeners who are listening who are Kickstarter fans but maybe not Schlock fans, why don't you tell people briefly kind of what Schlock is and kind of where it came from? Okay. Um, it's epic science fiction being told four panels at a time. It's a webcomic. I started it back in 2000 when I thought it might be fun to teach myself to draw in front of an audience on the Internet. And it's grown into my career. Uh, it's a daily comic strip about space mercenaries, and it's, it's a lot of fun. Punchline every day, big storylines. Um, these days, I think I have about 140,000 uh, regular readers, um, 30,000 of whom show up, you know, on a daily basis. 140,000 re readers and 30,000 of them show up every day. Yeah. Now, obviously, you uh, have a background in uh, creative writing and creative storytelling. Is that correct? Um, <laughs> no education, but... Uh, I, say, I uh, say that knowing the answer, that the answer to that is yeah, no. exactly. I read a lot of science fiction growing up. I read, uh, you know, a lot of comic scripts and some comic books growing up. Um, and I've always, I've always felt like uh, humor and metaphor were, uh, you know, important, important pieces, important tools in my communication toolbox. And so creating a comic strip that uses metaphor to satirize and send up modern society uh, while using science fiction as a setting, um, it fit very, very naturally with my skill set. And I would have had no idea that that was the case until I started doing it. How interesting. So um, when you say daily, how many days is daily? How, how long have you been <clears throat> doing it? How many days? Oh, gee. Um, Roughly. Uh, 11, 11 point two times three hundred and sixty-five. Uh, so yeah, well over four thousand strips. Four thousand days of. Have you ever missed a day? No. In uh, eleven years, you've never missed a day. That's quite impressive. So here you find here you find yourself now doing something totally different, right? Yeah, and you know, I had from from some of the. The earliest days of the strip, I had people telling me, wow, Schlock Mercenary looks like it's perfect for a role-playing game setting. And I, you know, toyed with the idea a little bit. Um, uh, there was uh, one Schlock fan, uh, Jonathan Leistico, who actually did a checkers board game for Schlock as a, a freeware thing that you can actually, you can find on Board Game Geek. It's a free download, as I recall. Um, and it's, uh, but in looking at games, I realized that as much as I would love to design a game for the comic, I'm not a game designer. Um, and the more I started playing games, I, I started doing my drawing at a game store, at a, a comics and game store, and was able to observe lots and lots of games, fell in love with a few games, and quickly realized that there is a science to game design. <clears throat> and I am not one of those scientists. Um, 
And then I, uh, I guess I was at uh, Worldcon in Montreal, the World Science Fiction Convention in Montreal, ran into uh, Walter Hunt. He and I talked at great length about uh, all kinds of things. In fact, I think I met Walter in, met Walter in, in Denver. And then in Montreal, uh, he said, hey, you know what, I, I love designing games. I've got friends who love designing games. And I went and hooked them on your comic. Um, I have a proposal for you. <laughs> And one thing led to another, and his friends, uh, Kevin Brusky and Kevin Nunn, started putting together uh, this schlock board game. This was back in 2009. Um, and, you know, the whole time this was going on, I had an understanding with them that, you know, I was going to be licensing them the content, and they were going to be, you know, handling all of the game stuff. And when it came down to, you know, starting to sell things, which, you know, ultimately is what Kickstarter is about, you know, you're, you're pre-selling something. Um, and, you know, supporting it so that you can actually have a product to sell. When it came down to selling things, um, I would need to be heavily involved because uh, because that's, that's one of my very few superpowers. I can put something in front of the Internet very quickly. Okay. But uh, you, this isn't your first try kind of at looking at coming to market with a game, is it? Um, I... You've, you've, I don't know. Well, you've looked around. You said you kind of looked at the RPG, but you've kind of explored what it would take to bring a board game to market, not just from the oh, yeah. standpoint, but from just the, yeah, sheer, I, the sheer money and cost. Yeah, we. I, I looked at that, and, you know, we print our own books. Um, I say we print our own books. We contract the printing of our books, and so I'm very familiar with the uh, the, the detail, uh, the detail intents, um, planning that goes into just making a book. Uh, when it comes to printing a board game, I started looking at things and realized, oh my gosh, all of the construction details that go into binding a book go into making this game because there's going to be a book in it. And then the game pieces and the game board and the game box and whatever interior construction of the box is required to support things um, and it, it added up, it added up pretty quickly and I realized this, yeah, this is something that I just can't do myself. And that was in, that was in 2006, 2007, where, uh, I, I knew that if this was ever going to happen, I was going to need help. Okay. And so then you've, uh, you've turned to the, the guys at, uh, uh, the name of their company is, uh, Ape Games. Ape Games, correct. Ape Games. Yep. And, uh, they came to you, they made an offer, you guys have put it together, and now, uh, as of the recording of this podcast, your Kickstarter project has been out there for uh, less than 24 hours, just about 24 hours, right? Um, it went up last night at uh, around 8 o'clock my time, so 14 oh, hours. 14 hours it's been up. Now, let's talk about uh, podcasts. For those of you to listen um, as, a, uh, as a Kickstarter, let's talk about, excuse me, a Kickstarter and some of the things, if you're bringing out a Kickstarter project, some of the things that Kickstarter themselves tell you and details that you give. And I shared some of these with Howard earlier, and so I want to share it with some of our listeners. For example, uh, some of the uh, statistics of being a, uh, a Kickstarter project are generally you always have to have a video, and it's generally two minutes in length, the successful ones. Generally, a successful Kickstarter campaign is 30 days in length. Generally, the goal of a Kickstarter campaign is $4,500. The common pledge out there, <clears throat> excuse me, is $25. And generally you have delivery in about 30 days 
and uh, and you tell a good story. So your your Kickstarter campaign went out 14 hours ago, and let's just let's just match it up, and let's just see how it does against what Kickstarter says is the average successful one. Okay, well, we can do that. I've got a bad feeling about this, and so before you start, um, Nick put the Kickstarter campaign together. Um, <laughs> and I didn't have a chance to talk to him. But, That's all uh, right. But we're, go we're, go we're, on and tell me how bad this looks. Okay, well, we're just <laughs> going to go through and see this because it, I'll just tell you, we know there's a happy ending at the end of this. All right, so uh, the video, two minutes. Your video, on the other hand, significantly longer than two minutes for your Kickstarter campaign. Um, oh, was it about 15? No, it came in at about seven, seven and a half minutes. So oh, you man, might have I thought talked and talked and talked. You did talk and talk. Fortunately, they cut some of it back. Um, a campaign should be about 30 days. Your campaign is 41 days. Uh, a goal should be about $4,500. Your campaign's goal is a, a pretty high $25,000. Uh, a common pledge should be about $25. You don't even have a $25 pledge. I think it starts at $55 or $65. And yeah. then uh, your delivery. Uh, they say you should have a delivery within 30 days. Your delivery, I think, is uh, three, four months out because it takes a while, maybe a little bit longer, four or five months out because it takes long to, to create a board game. Now, with yeah, all that manufacturing said, a whole game. So. Yeah, it looks like from the very start that Schlock Mercenary, the board game, should not do particularly well because it didn't really fit the norm. But one thing that we know about Howard Taylor and Schlock Mercenary is you're not normal. No, no, I'm really not. And thank you for uh, th thank you for joining the chorus of people who have <laughs> said this on the internet. Uh, <laughs> you are not normal. So what we've got then is let's take a look at your game. I'm out, I'm out on Kickstarter right now taking a look at Schlock Mercenary, the board game. And in the last 14 hours, in less than one day, you have raised in pledges, you, your fans, your backers, and the backers of eight games have raised nearly $10,000 in pledges, which is equaling just around 38% of what you're trying to raise, which is a phenomenal number. In, That's fantastic. That is incredibly fantastic because the one stat that I didn't put on here that Kickstarter has shared is there's a magic threshold. If you're a Kickstarter campaign and you're trying to put your number out there, your project, and you want to raise money, here's the magic threshold. The magic number is 30%. Kickstarter tells us that if a, if a Kickstarter project can reach the 30% mark, it has a 90% chance of success. With that said, Howard, uh, it would look like Schlock Mercenary, the board game, has a good chance, a 90% chance of succeeding now because you've already surpassed the 30% mark within the first uh, 12 hours. Well, that's happy, that's happy news. Now, granted, my, my inner cynic says um, with as many of uh, Kickstarter's success rules as I have broken, it is entirely possible that the, uh, the flow from 30% funding to full funding uh, is something that won't work the same way for me as it works for others. Um, and that's the, I've always got this little negative voice in the back of my head uh, planning for failure. Um, <laughs> but uh, when, I, when I spoke with you yesterday, actually I listened to the first uh, Game Whisperer podcast, uh, the first Funding the Dream podcast, um, listened to that, and had a little moment of panic as I realized, wow, you've, you've put together a whole bunch of information that sounds really useful, and I don't think Nick, who is putting our campaign together, has this information. Well, when, uh, when the Kickstarter went live, I looked at it, and I saw kind of the same list that, that you saw and thought, oh, dear, um, well, what can we change? And I emailed Nick and said, well, can we shorten the, 
shorten the time. And Nick said, no, once you start it, you can't stop it. And so I spent the morning looking at things that I could do. And I think we are going to add some, uh, add some goodies to the funding levels um, just to, just to, you know, encourage people to encourage people to contribute and to give them something to, uh, you know, to show for their contributions very shortly after the, uh, the, the Kickstarter funds, assuming it funds. And, and frankly, Richard, this is all based on me listening to you yesterday and realizing that I didn't know nearly as much about Kickstarter as I thought I did. And I didn't think I knew very much when I started. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, I appreciate that. Let's talk about, the, let's talk about what you did right because something's happening here and you fall into a category of several other wildly successful um, funding projects that have gone on to enter the top 10. So let me give you an example. Uh, one game that we have out there that uh, has, is currently doing very well is D-Day Dice, a, uh, a game that is currently live. It's exceeded $40,000. It still has, I think, 40 days to go as well on its campaign. Let me just take a quick look at that one. Wow, did they do a 60-day campaign for that one? Uh, they did a, uh, it's only been out, let's see, oh, they've got 30 days out. So they did a, a similar 40, I think 40 to 45 day, similar to what Schlock's okay. doing. They're 30 days out and they're currently at $47,000. Another one would be, uh, that I want to point out is Flashpoint uh, Fire, Fire Rescue. They raised $51,000 and uh, their campaign did very well. Another one, Carnival. Um, some friends of mine uh, Dice, over at Dice Hate Me, uh, again, a very successful campaign, uh, made it into the top 10. They did $35,000. But the wildly most successful was Alien Factions, um, excuse me, Alien Frontiers Factions that did $76,000. There's something all of them have in common with you that would lead to the success, and that is all of these games had an audience, had a fan base, already had done the work before they got on the Kickstarter so that their fans and people who liked the game or knew the uh, game company were ready to buy as soon as the Kickstarter project went up. And so let's talk about your fans a little bit. You mentioned a few numbers, 140,000 fans, but you've got Twitter, you've got uh, Facebook. So tell me a little bit about uh, those fans. And brief, how yeah, brief, brief count in, in terms of the people I, was, I have been able to reach in the last 14 hours. Uh, I have about 3,700, 3,800 Twitter followers. I have about 2,800 Google Plus followers and around the same number of uh, Facebook followers. Um, and then there are, there's a Facebook Schlock Mercenary page and there's a Google Plus Schlock Mercenary page. There's probably a little overlap in there, but uh, so that, that, that basic set of numbers, you know, around 3,000 in all three places. Um, as soon as the Kickstarter went live, I wrote a blog post, which went up on the front page of the comic, which, as I said before, gets around 30,000 views per day. Um, and then I, you know, spammed, spam is the wrong word, these people subscribed. Um, <laughs> I, right. I, I, gave a, I gave a shout at my, uh, my Twitter followers, my Facebook followers, my Google Plus followers, to let them know that it was happening. Um, and... And very shortly thereafter, uh, this was at about uh, 9 o'clock last night, um, my time, uh, very shortly thereafter, uh, the project climbed to uh, around $1,500. And then, you know, I stayed up and kept doing some work. I am going to turn off that phone because we don't need that noise. Uh, 
um, I, uh, I was doing some other work in front of the computer and kept going and hitting refresh on the Kickstarter page and realized, oh, most of North America has gone to sleep. I should do the same thing. And when I got up this morning, um, we were up around $6,500, $6,600. And I'm glad I didn't stay up all night waiting for that number to arrive. <laughs> you know, I, I needed to sleep. But it was apparent to me that, yeah, most of my fans are in North, in North America. They're in you know, the same range of time zones that, uh, that I'm in. And when the comic updated in the morning, um, or when they, you know, checked their Twitter feeds, their Facebook feeds in the morning, um, they went over and had a look. And uh, around, I think, 100, 150 of them have, uh, uh, have helped to fund it. Yep. Uh, well, we're at 117 right now. So, yeah, you're doing well. Oh, 117. Okay. 117. Um, now it's important to it's important to note that you know I, I talk I talk about how these you know tens of thousands of people who read the comic every day and these thousands of people who follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Google Plus, 117 of those people are backing the game, which means that uh, you know my my demographic, people who love science fiction, people who love comics, um, that audience does not immediately translates to people who love board games and wants to buy a schlock mercenary, you know, tie-in board game thing. That's true. Uh, One of the challenges, though, is that your, um, your pledge is a little higher than um, what most people – there's a there's a lower entry level that most people are able to come in at. Yours is at $55. A lot of times yeah. people have a $25 or a $35 uh, entry level – they can get something. So that might also be setting it back right now as people have to do a pause. Okay, $55 right before Christmas yep. is a lot of money. Is this something that I want to pledge to? With it that is. said, um, you've gotten those people who are the fans who have jumped on it right away and said, yeah, I want this. Yeah. I want to be able to attract people to the game from outside the fan base, and I desperately want the game to play well for people who are not familiar with the comic. Not because I expect the game to, you know, go wildfire all kinds of places, but because um, I love a good game and I want to make sure that this game is good. Um, I don't know if I mentioned this uh, in the in the podcast yet. Um, when Kevin and uh, when Kevin Nunn uh, <clears throat> first started designing the board game, um, he sent some prototypes and I played it and I wasn't sure about it. And uh, and then at Gen Con in I think it was 2010. Um, I played through it and just wasn't feeling it. And, and I told him as much. He said, all right, well, I'm going to go back to my playtest group and talk to them. And he came back to me after talking to his playtesters and said, yeah, this isn't working. Um, I'm just going to chuck this in the trunk. Um, you know, maybe it'll work for a different game. Uh, you know, maybe it needs more time to bake. I'm just going to chuck this in the trunk and start over. And so, yeah, last year, he started over, and what he came up with was this gridded uh, tactical game, which was quite a bit different than the uh, uh, than the original concept. And when I played that at Gen Con uh, this summer, uh, summer of 2011, um, when I played that one in prototype, I absolutely loved it. I was I was super skeptical. I didn't think it was going to work, and I was you know, I have to admit. I was close to pulling the plug on the project because I didn't want to waste any more of his time. 
and I didn't want to put out a second-rate game. But after getting to play the Attorney Drones against Schlock and Tagon and Elf, after seeing the way the characters acted like they acted in the comic, um, and how that was actually tactically balanced, I was amazed and amused, and we had a great time, and people kept uh, walking by our little playtest table and stopping us and saying, oh, that, that looks neat. Oh, wow, that mechanic is cool. Um, I mean, these are you know game fans at Gen Con, and more than a few schlock fans stopped by because I, I mentioned it on Twitter, and so we attracted a crowd. Um, and I was just, I was overjoyed to realize that what I had in front of me was actually... A game. Actually workable. Game. Yeah, it was a game. It was a game. And that's when, that's when we started having the discussions about, okay, well, now that we've got a game, how do we make it? And, so, and that's when the, uh, the, the talk of Kickstarter was born. So in our last uh, 90 seconds here, uh, um, last two minutes, let's talk about shifting that to the game. So now you've had to learn about reaching out to a whole new demographic and a whole new way of doing that. And so one way is Board Game Geek, right? Something that you're not really that familiar with. Nope. Went out to the page for the first time this morning and realized that the page for my game didn't have any of my pictures on it. So I just sent Nick and Kevin some pictures. Yeah. So there's a whole new, and, and that's what we talk about on the board game side of things. That's the forum that people go if you want to talk about your game. And these successful games that I have already mentioned got a following on Board Game Geek before they started. And so one of your goals, it sounds like, is to take your fan base um, which is helping you fund this success right now, and then find that new fan base for those people who like a really good game. Yep. All right. Well, Howard, I want to say thank you very much for taking a few minutes to, to sit down and talk about this. I've been a fan of yours and a fan of Schlock for almost all of those 11 years, and it's thrilling to see uh, Schlock, the board game. Uh, I can't wait. Well, to Richard, I... I need to I need to thank you because the expertise that you brought to... The board game industry, the the finely honed analytical marketing mind that uh, uh, you developed in the in the corporate world, um, uh, that uh, you know the the advice from the first of these Game Whisperer podcasts that I listened to, and uh, you know from our our conversation yesterday, um, I really think that those are going to be critical to uh, to me succeeding with this project, you know, in the next. 40 days. Well, thanks, Howard. A uh, little bit of mutual kissing here. Kiss, kiss. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Howard. I appreciate that. <laughs> I'm just telling it like it is, Richard. <laughs> All right. I appreciate that. Thanks, Howard. And uh, we will watch this uh, campaign with a, a lot of interest as it uh, continues to grow. You've been listening to Funding the Dream, a Game Whisperer podcast for Kickstarters. I'm Richard Bliss, your host, and I want to say thank you for joining and listening. Take care. <laughs>